0: ding ding to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash must be 18 or older 21 or older in massachusetts arizona 19 or older in alabama and nebraska and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply Concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org arizona 1-800-NEXT-STEP that's one eight hundred six three nine eight seven eight three 639 8783 or text next step to 53342, New York, call the 247 Hope Line at 1 877 8HOPENY or text HopeNY 467 four six seven three six nine.
1: This episode is brought to you by Saks.com. At Saks.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda.
3: Good, everybody. We are back. It is your boy, Gerard, and your girl, Gabby. Episode 96 of The Kicks and Shit Show. I don't even have anything.
2: Ah. I was like, are you faking me out with the whole effects now, too? Is that what we're doing, Jay? <laughs> I was
3: like, I don't even have anything. But of course I do. Of course I do. Oh, Gabby, what is going on in these streets?
2: Gotta love these early morning episodes, Jay. Mm. Um, as you guys know, Gerard and I both have been out in the streets a lot mm-hmm. with our beats, um, mm-hmm. beats you know, in streets, yeah. With NBA playoffs, with a lot going on in general. Um, different time zones so mm. we want to make sure that we're giving you content all the time so sometimes you know Gerard's got to record in a closet I'm in a hotel room in Connecticut and this,
3: this, this is my home studio where all the voice magic happens folks a little, a little let you in on a little behind the scenes but yes it is a morning where I have to do bang out three or four projects in here and so hey this is where KNS is getting recorded
2: Sometimes that happens, Rod. I mean, I, like I said, I'm in a hotel room. I'm at Mohegan Sun, currently uh, was here for an AT documentary premiere, more to come on that one with the W, uh, leading into Connecticut Sun's um, 20th anniversary this year. So a lot going on. Uh, very happy to be away from Coachella um, and, <laughs> and back on the East Coast for a little bit. What's
3: going on with you, Jay? Oh, you know, I am back home for now. Uh, You know, still watching NBA playoffs, not on the road, but we will likely probably go on the road again at some point. Um, You know, we'll see. You know, just just cranking out content, you know, seeing what's happening in these here playoffs. Lots of excitement. And it's funny. I kind of want to start with the playoffs here because um, the Jordan brand released the photos of the new Jordan Luka one shoe. Uh, Of course, everybody know Luka Doncic, Dallas Mavericks, superstar. And it had me thinking about something, Gabby. I was watching the Pelicans' um, Suns series. Of course, everybody knows Zion Williamson on the Pelicans, but Hurt this year did not play. Zion already has a signature shoe with Jordan Brand, yada, yada, yada. I was thinking, man, this playoff run that the Pelicans went on, of course they lost, but pushed the number one overall seed Phoenix Suns to six games, all the goodwill engendered about them and that story, and like these rookies and these young guys, and all that. What a. The folks at Jordan Brand have got to be like, damn, Zion could have been on this stage with his signature shoes, and we got no time and none of that going on. And it's just what a missed opportunity. And I'm wondering, because we always talk about Gabby, the challenge it is for any Jordan Brand athlete that they sign to escape the shadow of the actual, the namesake, the Jordan shoe itself. And Zion is this superhero caricature, larger than life. But are we getting to a point where people are going to be like, who? Zion, who? Like, you know, like what? Or if he comes back next year, is awesome, and they go to the playoffs again, is it going to be all well and good?
2: Um, I think it could be all well and good. I don't know. I think that's where the design also is super important, right? I think people are... Always going to be into the person that's connected to the shoe that's a driver for sales. But I do think if the design is fire and they've been doing some great colorways lately um, for the for the Zion one, um, I think that will help carry in the meantime. Will that mean that there's gonna be other styles and that number increase of different types of pairs within that franchise? probably not that's where we'll see the impact i think especially add in supply chain issues injuries that zions facing mm. a team that you know is going to have to fight for a playoff spot again next year um there's a lot of factors that I, that go into it so I, I mean i can only imagine that jordan brand has tons of plans for things and it's, it's waiting to hit go on if something makes sense and depending on how the current silhouette is selling i think is a big piece of that but it is tough to your point for Brands like a Jordan brand to come up with signature shoes because it's so dependent. It's a gamble on how the player does, especially with these rookies and NIL athletes like brands are starting earlier and earlier to get on board with athletes that we don't know where their potential is going to go. So that's that's a risk that brands seem to be willing to want to take.
3: Yeah, I mean, Zion could be generational, right? And I just, threw, again, the reason why I thought about it was because of just like, you know, Phoenix, this Phoenix series, with the exception of the Minnesota Memphis series, I feel like this has been the series that everybody's talked about in round one in terms of, whoa, got these rookies and like, you know, unheralded guys. I mean, besides Brandon Ingram, who's, who's outstanding. Like, you know, it's just like, wow. And it, what a stage and what an opportunity, what a missed opportunity for Jordan, Brandon, Zion. And now you look conversely at Luca uh made it out of the first round um for the first time in his uh three-year career so now i mean right everybody's like oh my god finally i'm like he's been only three years like calm the fuck down (laughs) um makes it out of the first round right so he's he's now into the second round got the luka one so it's like okay and they're playing the phoenix suns again that number one team so they're gonna get a lot of buzz like that's an opportunity right for for jordan brand to be like okay the luka shoe which i like It's got i I like the design it's got it's more of that low to mid um look versus Mm -hmm. a high top um, you know, again, I think, as you mentioned with Zion shoe, it's about the design, right? Like how good can it be? How consistent can they be in terms of design? And, you know, I don't know how you feel about signature shoes. Of, I mean, besides Jordan's, like, and I don't mean like Jordan Luke or Jordan Zion. I mean like Jordan's themselves, like what athletes signature basketball shoes are you like? Oh, I love that
2: silhouette. I mean, you oh, know, I, I'm that a fan. I stand for Katties. the, the KDs, mm-hmm. not Katties for all right. of them, but I like yeah. that. And I think it's interesting mm-hmm. seeing that you know, the, the, the zooms for Giannis Mm -hmm. and even some of the newer LeBrons, like as we get higher up in the numbers, they're taking some of those details as well that, you know, where was I the other day? I was at, I think it was in Foot Locker. And I was like, these shoes are all starting to kind of look, have a similar look and vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think like sneakers 10 years ago, like you look at the Kobe's, it was a distinct look, whether it was a low top or that like skinny ankle, if it was a higher Mm -hmm. shoe, like that was distinct Mm -hmm. to Kobe. I think Jordan's the way that the laces are, not just on the ones, like they were mids or highs. And like, you knew it was a bulkier shoe. He liked the weight and the stability. And I think that evolved over time, but it was always something that was like, a a mid or a high, you know, stick pretty much standard low, Mm -hmm, maybe mm -hmm. a mid, but like pretty low. And so and I think same with, with Kyrie's, but I think as we start to see more of like the evolution of LeBron's And I think the same happened with Jordan. You get away from that kind of original look and vibe and try to focus on new technologies, new styles. It's all kind of starting to blend together. So, I mean, that's something I like about the Zion one is that it's a different design. I think if it resembles anything, it's the Air Jordan 35.
1: Mm. It's got a similar
2: vibe to that with kind of that detail in the midsole that is like a transition moment. I know with the bubble on the 35 and the, the peak on the Z. But it's... I don't know i mean for me KD's are the vibe yeah like, i, I like KD's. other
3: and Kyrie's other too i like Kyrie's. Oh Kyrie's.
2: and like to me Kyrie is almost like a mix somewhere between like a KD and um a lebron mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm, just in terms
2: mm-hmm. of styles materials things like that um but uh, there's a lot more similarities like even in paul george's sneakers mm-hmm. that kind of ha- is reminiscent of like this new generation of like super athletes
3: yeah, for sure. Anyway, that's what I was thinking about watching the playoffs. I mean, besides the playoffs themselves, I was, I, I, I was struck, I was struck, I was struck with that moment. I was like, man, I was like, imagine if Sion was here right now, that she would be getting a lot of, a lot of screen time. But you know, is what it is.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think the playoffs are interesting too, because, and I know we went through like the crazy. This was what a year or two ago with all the crazy trades in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always thinking NFL, especially with it being draft week. Um, but I feel that way a little bit about the NBA right now. Like I mm. saw him gotten over the fact that Harden is in Philly. Like, it feels mm. weird to me. Like, I'm like, this, this did happen, right? <laughs> like, just, I don't know. And then that's getting swept too. I was surprised about. So
3: I wasn't, <laughs> I mean, I didn't predict that, but I wasn't surprised, surprised. Right. I mean, I think it it, it boils down to. Right. The importance of having continuity and and chemistry and connectivity all season. Right. And it's not just about talent. Right. And it's funny, even even though they were swept. Right. The margin of victory combined was 18 points. Like so. And all those games were either tied or the Nets were in the lead eight in the fourth quarter. So all games they could have won, right? But the difference you saw was Boston's connectivity and ability to execute down the stretch and the net's inability with addition to their flawed roster, their, their small size on the wings and all those different things, right? And it's sort of this larger point about, you know, how teams go about constructing and building and and what what is the right method, right? Like you still need elite talent to win titles. Like that. that is still a fact. The question is how much elite talent do you need? And, you know, can you develop other players, right, to assist uh you in that in 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 that uh in that endeavor? And the other thing is, and I say this all the time, championships, as much as people don't want to believe it, luck plays a huge role in do winning titles. Like exactly. and, and, and it's not just luck. Like Orlando Magic could be the luckiest team in the world. They ain't winning shit. OK, like you have to be good enough for to give luck a chance, right? Like that. That's the idea. And so, you know, it's it's really, really difficult. And when you go back, you look through history. It's a turned ankle here, a missed person here or whatever here. And that dictates and decides who ends up winning these things. Um, and, yeah, it's just something that, you know again, teams need to consider as they're out there looking, you know, and trying to figure out what makes sense in their team building process.
2: No, I definitely agree. I think injury is a big piece of that. But at the end of the day, I, I talent obviously has to be a piece of that as well. But like if chemistry isn't King, they ain't got shit. Like that's why the Lakers are watching the playoffs on the sidelines right now. Right. They have all the talent in the world, but if it doesn't mesh well.
3: And it's, you know, like it's, all, it's all about old talent, right? Like, Okay, LeBron and AD fine, but Anthony Davis is always hurt. Russell Westbrook is not good. Like, and the problem is in a salary cap sport like the NBA, when three players take up 95% of your salary, your salary cap, that means spots 12 through 15 on your roster can only be filled with veteran minimums. rookies who are unproven and the problem with that is, is that well they're old veteran minimum guys for a reason right it's because they don't command larger deals somewhere else because the assumption is they probably can't contribute as necessary to get to the ultimate goal and it's a larger point about you know and look teams have to give super duper stars like lebron james and kevin durant input but the culture has to be a fine line between giving them input and giving them say so over what actually happens right Because as good as players are, being a GM is hard, right? I mean, again, I'm going to keep trumping, trumping the Pelicans. Look at the New Orleans Pelicans. They played the most rookies out of any team in the NBA playoffs. And they took two games off the number one seeded Phoenix Suns. Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado. By the way, two players who anybody could have gotten in the NBA draft. Herb Jones, second round pick. Jose Alvarado, undrafted. Right. Like, so these players exist and it's not just there are, I don't want to say thousands, but there are dozens of players like Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado out there that could help these elite teams like the Lakers win. But, you know, you want to opt for Carmelo Anthony instead. And it's like, well, all right, cool. Like, you know.
2: No, it's, it's a different ballgame literally right now. And I think, you know, it's always interesting. Like I said, we're going into NFL draft weekend while we're recording this. Um, even just like the media around Kayvon Thibodeau, right? Like very happy that he is with my Giants. Um, excited to see what he's doing. But um, even just all, all the advertisements, endorsements, like rookies, a lot of the great players are not the ones that are getting these – Deals and eyes early on. It's the ones that are continuing to prove themselves. I mean, I think the NFL is a good uh, indicator of that as well, where some of the best players that have performed the strongest and have the most longevity in the league are not the first pick of a team or even go first round. So um Have you been following along, Jay? Who are you liking I, so
3: far? I, I, I have been following along. I like what the Giants did in the draft. I mean, look, I'm kind of like football. I'm kind of off of it as a, as a whole thing, but that's a whole different conversation. I do like what they did along along the lines, right? Defensive line and offensive line getting getting the, the, the tackle on the you defensive end, mm-hmm. and because that's look in that sport that still matters, right? Yes, you need an elite quarterback and all that things, but if your line can't block, that doesn't matter. Yeah, true. And if you can't get pressure on the quarterback, it doesn't matter, right? Like those two things are still primarily true about that sport so i like that they addressed that um it was interesting that uh uh willis the quarterback from liberty uh did he did he go undrafted in the first round i feel like he didn't get picked yet i think second round's probably i I don't don't think he got picked yet i so that was interesting i I was curious to see if he was going to actually end up in the first round um so i'm going to be kind of watching his story that's kind of the popular thing that's, that's going on right now and really if you're in the nfl
4: hello listener guess who's back it's me anthony mays your favorite butcher turn podcast producer and i'm here to talk to you about butcher box butcher box is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep free shipping vacuum sealed packaging it's ready to go right then it's ready to pop in the freezer
3: Where you, and football is different because 53-man roster, 11 people on one side of the board. So it's way more bodies involved. But as much as the first round's important to get that top-tier talent, that ain't enough to win. It's how you build through round two, three, four, five, six. That, that's, right, the hidden gems you can find later in the draft that – help you and build your future and build depth and all that because of the high energy rate in that sport that helps you build longevity. Like that's, that's where the hidden gems are. Yeah. Of course, everybody wants the next big star. Of course, that's, that's just common sense, but that ain't enough. <laughs> like, right. What's, what's the, what's the foundation? What are those other, those other pieces that you can find? And that that's where the, that's where the market inefficiency is, right? It's like, oh, those teams that that constantly hit on those third through sixth round picks. Every and those picks turn into stars, right? And because of where they were drafted, the salary allows the team to do other things, right? That that's that's how you maneuver this to make it work, particularly in a sport like the NFL.
2: hmm I mean, I all I keep saying, in my head is uncut jams. <laughs> um <laughs> we're looking at. Oh, we got to get a sound effect of that one please I know it's oh, boy, out yeah. a little bit, but you know oh, God. Um, I, I'm, I'm dead <laughs> but, it, but it's true you got to look for those uncut jobs in the <laughs> draft right like and and I think that's where it's very easy for us to critique on the sidelines right
4: oh, of
2: what that job is like but there's a reason that The GM job is hard. The recruiting jobs are really hard to be able to identify that talent. And then to your point, to stack the lineup around it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. instead of asking superstar players to take a pay cut and then wanting to be traded – what does that cocktail look like of the yeah, right fit yeah. and the right talent? So uh, again, I'm really happy with the Giants. I think we've needed to look at the especially the O line for like what ten plus years now. It's <laughs> hey, it's, it's been a minute. So we've had although some- shout out
3: shout out to my guy Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas played really well uh, last year. Um, so I, I I think he's a he's a solid piece in that line. But yes, think, we need the mean, other help.
2: I think it steps in the right direction. But I'm glad to see that that's a focus this year instead of us like going. I mean. I was going to say, instead of us just going after the flashy player, we did get Kayvon, but um, (laughs) I do think that that he's the right type of player for what we need as well. um, In addition to him being flashy, I will say like that beats ad that he was in (laughs) fire, but like, how do these guys run with those chains? Like I can barely run with like a nameplate necklace. I mean, how do, they, how do these guys know, run these...
3: with those chains?
2: It's a real question. You know, I just, it,
3: it, it's, it's like uh it's like weight, weight vest training, you know, it, it helps. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, sh- shout out to the giants, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and, and getting Evan Neal. I think Look again, smart moves. Well, the jets, uh, you know, they did, they did some interesting getting sauce gardener. I was like, Oh, that's, that's, you know, first of all, you name is sauce, I mean, what I, I just, <laughs> it's, it's, I it's just, surreal, yeah, I, I like it. No, look, I mean, the thing about the draft is this is the time of year, a football, NBA, whatever, where teams have hope or fan bases of a team have hope, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what it is. And then, of course, the reality of life hits in, like <laughs> you know, six months later, you're like, <laughs> you're like, well, <laughs> want want That's what keeps
2: us coming back, though. I <laughs> but that, but that, but is that
3: is the back. that is the dopamine hit. That is the dopamine hit that keeps you coming back, right? It's like a draft that you feel like, okay, we got promise, we got it. Do... So you're saying there's a chance, yep. right? Like that's the, same
2: the time. Yep. That's
3: the, that's thing that keeps pulling us back into sport. And you know, that's what makes it still the best reality TV show going, right? Because you really do not know how it's going to wind up, right? And there's all these twists and turns and drama and you know, and it 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 is it is a wonderful television product. So kudos to our local teams here. On round one, we'll see how the rest of the draft plays out over the weekend. Um, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be over, so you'll know who's doing what. And, yeah, NBA playoffs, man. Like, we got some exciting um, second-round series already on tap. I think that Phoenix-Dallas series will be really good. Boston-Milwaukee, whoo! People cannot wait for that one. Jason Tatum and Giannis Antetokounmpo going head-to-head. Not having Chris Middleton is going to really hurt Milwaukee. Um, you know, we'll see how that goes. And Philly, yo, I got to talk about Philly for a minute.
2: That's not damn, not
3: really. damn listen, I said it early in the week. Everybody said it. They had to win that game six because if they didn't, Whew, game seven, the, the tightness in the anal sphincter region that would have been going on in that game seven,
2: hey. Ooh,
4: hoo, 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 hoo,
3: hoo. there would have been some nervous Nellies in that arena for game seven. I mean they took care of business. I
2: think you said tight anal sphincters. <laughs> A sphincter says what? <laughs> That's
3: like from what? We were like 12 when that we did Not even like eight when that we
2: did world? I mean, you were probably like 27. Chill,
3: chill, 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 chill. That movie no, came not out not in like enough. what? 1990. I was like 12. <laughs>
2: um, I, I will have to say though, I know we always joke about age and like age doesn't matter at the end of the day, but Gerard and I are both at the age where you can see the generation gap in some of the references that we made. Um, <laughs> our uh, project I'm working on right now, they were like, oh, well, this needs to have more of a pop-up video feel. And I was like, love the reference. Totally great. And then I was mm-hmm. like, wait, yeah. I have to talk about the reboot of pop-up video. Right. Not
3: the original the pop-up gen-
2: video. in The room. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep.
3: the original pop-up video, which is, you know, fantastic. Um, I'm still dying of just uncut gems. We need to get that. I gotta find that sound
2: effect. Uncut jams, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lack of gifts and sound effects. I, I will say, um, may or may not have done some research in that space, but uh, yeah, I think. Maybe uh,
3: how are you feeling about Julia Fox as a? I'm
2: not. Feeling. That's, that's <laughs> I'm I'm not feeling Uncut jams. I mean, uh, I, she leaned in a little bit too much during Donda, and I just, I don't know. I just okay. finished the okay. Kanye documentary, yeah, 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 yep. docu series. Um, and
3: on netflix yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah and, and i and i enjoyed it episode three was a little bit dragging So i'm like great it doesn't need to be the cootie show it's the, the kanye show <laughs> um kanye as he yes
3: shout yeah, out shout out to cootie by the way who i met at trebecca film a couple years ago
2: and and i will say i think that people you don't realize how much footage is needed to create those documentaries so i liked the longevity of it um but I just I feel like to me that's like so Kanye and when she all of a sudden started wearing those outfits I was like girl, she's like, like pick me pick me I'm trying to put a ring on it felt like a PR stunt and like
3: pick me pick me
2: you know what I mean I'm like we can't yeah. see you you're covered in a mask so uh no one no one's picking you girl sorry exactly.
3: I mean it's you know Kanye's sort of like desire to dress women up like dolls and like it's just this whole sort of like you know. <laughs>
2: need a whole other show to unpack that one.
3: I mean, right. I mean, there's, there's just so much psychologically to unpack there, which, whoo. And again, I, I mean, and I don't even have the breadth of knowledge to even get as deep as I would like to get, right? I mean, but it's just like, there's just so much so much there
2: yeah and i I think like you know her specifically i I have no hate for for her for anyone but it's it's like to me especially now that i've been living a little bit more of this bi-coastal life Mm. i a lot of that in la and to me that's just very la that Mm -hmm. it's like a lot of bandwagon or let me try this because it it seems like it's trendy not -hmm. because it seems like that's who i am and i think that was what was so great about her and like especially even in that movie like she had. She was like amused. She did her, and then mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm like homegirl. Do you still like? If that's what you want to do, but like, don't let anyone dress you like that if you don't want to dress like that. I think she was enjoying the the media circus around.
3: For sure, and I mean, there there, there was some there was a there was a payout for her, right? Not necessarily monetarily, but um, in terms of clout and fame, and like, I bet right. now monetarily brands are reaching out to her, like, hey, or her her management team. We'd love Julia to do X. We'd love her to be this. We'd love and I'm sure she's getting more auditioning opportunities at movies, whatever. So I think you know, everything that people do in this realm is calculated, right? to serve the greater end, which is more opportunities to make more money.
2: Of course. And I, like I said, I, to me, that's like a very Hollywood thing, right? Like and and there's this is nothing no shade against Katie Holmes love Katie Holmes, but like when she got with Tom Cruise, all of a sudden, she became an icon. Right, like she went from like Dawson's Creek girl next door, Joey Potter. All of a sudden, got hers. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I and I love her. So I don't mean any shade. I just it, that's the nature of the business in right. Sometimes that what no matter what drives those relationships, whether it's right. love, whether it's a PR stunt, whatever it is, it, it's just fascinating to watch. Kind of like that star power shoot up or shoot in different directions. Depending on on kind of the current state of those relationships.
3: Since you brought her up, what is your favorite Katie Holmes project?
2: Dawson's Creek. I mean, hands <laughs> down.
3: <laughs> I should right, have. you
2: have a different one?
3: I should have. I should have qualified your favorite non Dawson's Creek Katie Holmes.
2: Okay, project. is there is there anything else? Like, I mean, yeah. Like, like uh, what is yours, uh, Jay?
3: So of course, Dawson's Creek is what launched her onto the yeah. scene and why we all everybody's like, oh my god, Katie Holmes. Um, so of course I love Dawson's Creek, but um, I thought she did a really good job um, in the made-for-television miniseries, The Kennedys.
2: I thought she was great um,
3: as well. She was really good in that. I was like, because I, I do, I think she's she's a really talented actor. I think she's a lot of range. But it's one of those things that when you're whenever you're on some iconic show that introduces you to the masses, that is almost invariably always what someone sees you as. Even though, I mean, God, the end of Dawson's Creek was what twenty. Years ago, or more, something like that. I don't know. No,
2: not more. No, no, no,
3: no. But but it's it's been a while since she was. It's
2: been a minute, yeah.
3: Right, like I mean, right, and she's done a bunch of other stuff since then. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was that was interesting.
2: But I I do think though, there's it, it's interesting to see who's kind of broken out of those roles, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know for me. I, Phoebe Buffet will always be
3: Phoebe Buffet. <laughs> like, I mean, it was
2: *Romy and Michelle*. There's so many other
3: shout out to Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow has done
2: <laughs> since then, but like, there's just so much stuff that I think parts of being in a hotel. You guys, I haven't heard that. Your girl is checking out in an hour yet. Housekeeping? I'll try to record a podcast. Thank you. I was trying to make a straight face, and I was like, "I know Gerard is hearing what's happening in the other in the other side of the, my hotel room." And as, soon, as, soon as,
3: I, as soon as I heard the docking, I literally went right to
2: housekeeping. But like, literally, the nicest woman ever. She was, "Oh my gosh, I'm sorry." I heard that? I don't know what that accent was either. That's. I feel like after you've seen Tommy Boy, you uh, yes. can do a housekeeping you, voice That's without not-
3: doing. With, yes. Yes. Correct. That's that's yes. the voice. That's, that's housekeeping. You know. That's so that's yes. the voice you do.
2: I think Jay. Did we just bring it full circle? And that's us aging ourselves for those, uh, those younger folks. Tommy Boy.
3: Was,
2: everyone. Chris Farley. Chris Farley was a a, a comedian. A, a comedian on Saturday Night Live in our generation. Go <laughs> look him up.
3: With, with, with David Spade in that movie. All right. I, I think we've gone full circle. I think housekeeping's interruption is our sign to say it's time to wrap this wrap episode and wrap it up. Folks, this is what we do for you. We bring you content, even though we're on the road, we got things happening. We deliver because that's what we want to do for you. Stay tuned because, you know, we coming up uh, next week. We'll have, you know, guests back. We'll be back into the shoe game, figuring out what's going on. But this is the Kicks and Shit Social. This is the in shit stuff, right? All the other extra things going on in the world. Now, We are part of the Count the Dings family. So, of course, we are there with Original Bomb Show, Crypto Bros, Winning Time, Breakdown uh, of the Lakers Dynasty. Um, uh, Oh, my God. What other shows am I missing? Uh, Woke Bros with Waz and Nando. I'm like, man, what other shows am I missing? Uh, And that's, of course, us. We are at Kicks and Shit Show on all social media platforms. And until next time. Peace.